Welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Women's Basketball Podcast from Los Angeles, where the Sparks pulled off a 76-68 win over the Asia Wilson-less Las Vegas Aces, and here to help me sort it all out and make some sense of this is Brady Klopfer. Brady, we got treated to pretty good, pretty good game, pretty good game here tonight. You'd say? I'd say, yeah, yeah. It was, it was certainly very sloppy at certain elements. Um, it wasn't always the most clean textbook basketball game, but in terms of energy and excitement and uh, kind of drama, it was a, a pretty fun game. A lot of highlight plays came down to the wire. Star players doing star things. What more can you ask for? For for Vegas, it's and Candace Parker's back from the ankle injury. That's probably the biggest thing out of this. Maria Vadiva playing as well, but for Vegas, it's just like they were there. You know, five minutes or so left, and it's just I just I just don't. It, it's you know I went to the All Star break saying like I felt pretty good about where they were at, but seeing a game like this play out, yes, Asia didn't play, but it's just like all right, I guess it's turnovers again. Like, it's just, they're so good when they push it. They load to push pace. They lead the league in pace. But when the game slows down, it's the same thing. They just can't get any flow going. They can't get the ball in the hands of their best players. It's just, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's just strange. I don't know. I'm just kind of throwing my hands up. Yeah, I mean, we we sat in this room after the last game between these two teams a few weeks ago, and we had a pretty similar conversation. Like, they, when the Aces were healthy. Yeah, when they were healthy and had the same result, a loss. Um, to me, they just there wasn't any urgency from them. Uh, it, it, not that they weren't playing with passion, but it, it didn't feel like they were always that invested in actually doing the things that would give them the highest probability of winning the game. And um, especially in the WNBA with the seeding playoffs the way it are, you can't really afford to do that. Um, I mean, mind you, they'll still likely end up with one of the top seeds, but um, is is just a game that feels like they should have played better. And I don't feel like Asia Wilson being out is an excuse for the fact that they didn't play better. Someone should grab you saying that, by the way. Breaking. <laughs> Brady says the Aces don't play with passion. I'm going to get some angry emails from so let's let's I mean let's do let's go Sparks first and and Shania Gumake did not play listed as a jaw injury and uh, Elena Beard still not back from the hamstring and of course Raquan Williams is suspended but I guess first like just talk about Candace like she looked pretty good for the most part I don't think I noticed a moment where she like you know came up limping for a second or kind of held back so I think first of all generally like that's just a good sign yeah getting her through a game having her look 100% healthy. Um, I haven't been at practice this week, but a few people who have been have said that they had some doubts whether she was fully ready to go. She certainly looked like she was fully ready to go, so um, I'm sure those doubts have kind of been quelled. But, you know, she did Candace Parker things. She she made some nice passes. She um, took advantage of some mismatches. She had 16 points on 10 shooting possessions. Uh, seven rebounds, three assists, three blocks, three steals. I mean, that's just kind of filling it up everywhere. Um, and she had a she had a jumper over Hamby that I thought was kind of reminiscent of in the first game. It was a nicer shot, the first win here in Staples, where she had that baseline fadeaway. Yeah, over Hamby. 
same side of the floor, and then tonight it was wasn't the uh, wasn't the same kind of move. But I don't know. I thought it was like that same kind of yeah had the had same, same kind of moment had the same vibe to it. And one of the things I was kind of fascinated about with her is every time the Sparks got a defensive rebound and every time they forced a turnover, she came to get the ball. Her teammates were looking to get her the ball. It was very clear that their transition scheme was to have her handling the ball in those situations. They didn't... I can't remember a single possession. I might be forgetting one, but I can't remember a single possession in the game where they used her as the primary ball handler in a half-court set. But she was the ball handler in like 90% of their transition opportunities. So I thought that was kind of interesting using her that way. And it it makes sense, you know, because... uh, you know, when you have her playing and you have a Liz Cambage or Carolyn Swords or even a Derek Hammy trying to get back down the court to guard her, if you can put her in a position where she has the ball in her hands and can beat them down the court and create those mismatches for her and potentially for her guards filling the wings, uh, that makes a lot of sense. And, of course, to be able to see over the defense in transition also helps. But I thought it was interesting using her point guard skills in transition but not yet using them in half court at least. Yeah, and L.A., LA, there's definitely something to L.A. Just when they have Chelsea Gray and they have Candace both out there, just what they're, like, they're, like it was always brought up, like, under Brian Agler, like, oh, they're so, you know, they're bottom and pace, like, what they need to play faster, all this stuff. But, like, they just, they, but those two players are just so opportunistic that they still struck when the moment was there. And I think you would still feel that, and... It was kind of, and I mean, it was definitely more anecdotal because, like, this was the only building I had experienced my first two years covering the league, like on a regular basis. But I, I don't know. I mean, I think there's just there's just something to it, and they're generally they've generally picked up a little bit more this year. But now that they're like they actually like have like more than eight players, and I just like they're gonna play all these games at home. Like, I think I think there's kind of something to that where I think this can kind of this can there's some, something's kind of brewing with that. I think. Yeah, yeah, and to kind of add to that, I mean, they went into the break 11-8, and eight, which isn't great, but it's still pretty good. Um, Parker had played seven games, and one of those was the game where she sprained her ankle in the first quarter. So really had played six games and had only looked healthy for a few of them. Um, you know, one game from Vidiva. Um, Elena Beard has missed most of the year. Alexis Jones has missed most of the year. And they've played a lot more road games than home games to this point. Uh, so to kind of prove to themselves that they can get to that halfway point, in the, you know, the unofficial halfway point in the season and still be in decent position despite the fact that they've been trotting out these seven and eight player rotations because they've been so shorthanded, that gives you that much more confidence than when you start welcoming back in your healthy players, especially when those healthy players are, you know, at the caliber of player as Candace Parker. Uh, I think they've proven to themselves that they can win in adverse situations. And if you have the right mentality, that makes it that much easier to win when it's not an adverse situation. That goes a long way. The The start of this game was a little controversial. I didn't catch clean looks at the replays on the the tiny TV monitors are row in front of me on press row, but Liz Cambage quickly went to the bench with two fouls, both offensive fouls, both away from the ball. And it's just like, it's just, 
so, so like I'm, I'm disclosing like I, I didn't see like a good replay of either one so I don't have a strong opinion but it's just it's just incredible like everything but stuff like everything but potential shooting fouls the refs are just hypersensitive to everything else moving screens you know what you're doing with your elbows every, they just they see everything but then we're just never going to call stuff around the rim it's just it's just so backwards and it, it's, it's I don't know it's, it's not fun to watch and it's just I don't know I'm I'm just I'm gonna I'm, I already I'm gonna get more and more ornery as the season goes on. I just, I just can't. It's it's, it's just bad. Really, it's hard to look past it. I don't know. It is. It's really hard to look past it. It's it's such an unfortunate situation for players because you know sometimes they just can't get into a rhythm. You know the best case scenario is the player can't get into a rhythm because they don't know what's gonna happen. The worst case scenario is you have a situation like this where one of the best players in the league goes to the bench less than two minutes into the game, misses basically the entire first quarter. They get outscored by nine points with her on the bench in the first quarter in a game that they lose by eight. Like, that's a, that's a horrible thing to be happening. But beyond that, I mean, I feel like when, when the refereeing goes in that direction, the kind of philosophy behind it is that you're trying to, you know, quote-unquote, clean up the game or whatever. And, and it does so far the opposite not just because you're constantly stopping the game with the whistles but all the like freedom of movement off ball ticky tack stuff that they're calling like players that doesn't make it prettier by removing contact the more contact you allow the more players are able to just get into a flow and a rhythm coming off screens bumping into each other setting hard screens fighting through screens you get smooth fluidity when you allow that contact because that's what the players are used to that's what the players want you can't do those motions of setting screens fighting through screens curling around screens without contact so you're just starting to take away that element of the game that's so beautiful if you start calling those ticky tack off ball fouls that are just keep players from being able to do what they're supposed to do offense or defense well and what whatever Vegas wants to do it hasn't been beautiful and like I mean, you ask Bill Lambier, and it's just, I mean, like, I understand, like, you know, it's, you're not really going to say much. It's, you know, what's got to ha- what's got to change? Stop turning the ball over. And that's all he's, all he's going to keep saying. And, and it's just, I guess just, like, thinking about what L.A. does, I think you just see, I just think you see, like, how, how far apart, like, these two teams are in the thing, in this area that was really holding Vegas back, where it's just, like, L.A. comes down the floor, they're going to get Chelsea Gray in the post, okay. Like, she just gets there right away. They throw the ball. You know, they get Candace quick post-ups. They just, they do it right away. And Vegas, like, they're, I think the refereeing, I think, is tied into some of it. Like, when Liz really is working for deep post position, like, she gets fouled a ton and it doesn't get called. And there are other times where she's upset and she probably, there's, like, some plays where she is part of it. And obviously, like, their entry passing isn't always ideal. And they have all these things that they can't really, they have all these, they have these, dynamics that like aren't necessarily related to each other and they're all all over the place and they like they just don't i don't know and like and like how do you how do you fix that at this point of the season are they going to become a better entry passing team in the next two weeks <laughs> i doubt it all right so what like what else do you even do i yeah. like i just you just like strip it down and just like i mean especially the asia asia out like just like you just have to give us the ball like you just have to i don't know this can't this like can't be the way you just continue to keep losing games and it's just i don't know it it feels so strange i mean i mean 
I don't know. I mean, I'm, tell me your view of this. I mean, I'm seeing the team every day, so I don't know if I'm, you know, overrating it or if I'm, you know, not seeing other stuff. But it's just like, I don't understand how we're going to have this championship team and, like, they can't they can't get into any kind of rhythm. They don't, they just, like, can't, I don't know. They don't know what they're doing sometimes. I don't know what it is. It's just, it's just so bizarre. Yeah. That's, that's pretty expertly put. One of the barometers for me, something that I really like to look at when I watch a team, especially a team I don't, you know, spend every day around like with the Sparks, is can you tell who their best player is? Not based on how well that player is playing, but on how the team is scheming around them, how much they're utilizing them. And, you know, with especially with Asia Wilson out, I think Kayla McBride is a very underrated player. She's absolutely tremendous, as is Hamby. Liz Cambage is clearly the Aces' best player when Asia Wilson's out. And you would not know that watching this game. And not necessarily because she didn't play well, even though it wasn't a particularly good game for her, but just in in the way the Aces operated, the way that they prioritized things on offense. You, If you went in there not knowing anything about the Aces, you would not emerge thinking, oh yeah, they run their team around Liz Cambage. This is how it works. This is their focal point. And yeah, basketball is a beautiful game. It's a, a five-person game, and, it, and it's glorious and great teamwork and you know all that stuff. But you need star players, and you need star players who are the focal point of your offense. And Vegas doesn't seem to be doing that. And I mean... <laughs> The Sparks dared their backcourt to shoot. Um, they gave in to that. You know, Kelsey Plum and Jackie Young took 18 shots. They made four of them. And, you know, that was a huge part of it. They, they, they were happy to take those shots that L.A. was daring them to take, and they were happier settling for that than trying to actually force the action with their best players. And I don't... Lazy isn't quite the right word for it, but like, you can't win championships if you are not forcing the action of what you do best. Like You can't just take what the defense gives you. Yeah, I mean, like one thing I've kind of tried to kick around is I don't, I don't watch as much baseball as I used to, but the Aces are... I mean, they're, they're like... They're, they really are like an all-or-nothing offense a lot of the time. Like, they're trying to get it to Liz, get it to Asia, and they don't, and they just kind of sputter out. Or, like, if they get the ball, you know, they're not, you know, and, and like, and like they're tied to Washington so often as, like, a contender. And I, I think there are some parallels there, like, where Washington, like, needed some time. And, like, you look at how crisp they are, like, mm-hmm. they get that. And I think that's the thing you would point to is that they would get there eventually where, okay, we go here to Liz or Asia, whatever, double comes, boom. We're, you know we know where those next passes are going and, and that they don't have that um, crispness to move to the next thing or to quickly so I, I just it's very it's very feast or famine and you know I, I don't know like it's just you know they're whenever whatever that point comes maybe they don't even get to a series but you know like I mean just like tonight's game like five minutes left you have to score in the half court you can't milk transition you're not going to get it against a good team what's going to happen and 
I don't, you know, I don't think we've seen like we haven't seen a ton like from Vegas in that regard this season. They've had a couple huge blowouts, and you know they've Washington took it to them when Deladon played, and and now LA's beaten them twice. Yeah, and and the the added danger of those kind of offenses like that you're describing, I like that baseball analogy, um, is they really become exposed in the postseason when teams are actually taking all of the time to film study and game plan and plan specifically for the team that they're playing. Because so many of these teams, you know, they're focusing a huge part of their game plan on doing what they need to do best and on growing themselves and being the best team possible for the playoffs. And then once you get to the playoffs, then you're actually sitting down and focusing on what do I need to do to beat the specific team in front of me. And when you have an offense like that, and we saw it in the fourth quarter, like you mentioned, they had eight points in the fourth quarter. Um, not that LA was much better at 13, but still, you know, significantly better than eight. Uh, and I think in the playoffs, if Vegas doesn't fix some of these issues, you're not going to see a team that can just out-talent their way because now you're going to have defenses that are honing in specifically on your weaknesses and forcing you to do the things that you don't do as well. And if you don't have an answer for that, it gets real ugly real fast. Yeah, a couple of interesting 0-4s from three today. Dierka Hamby and Tierra Ruff and Pratt. I think the 40% <laughs> season for TRP is in danger after that. But Hamby was interesting. Like From the jump, like LA was like switching a lot of stuff she was involved in and scramming again behind the ball when they needed to and they even doubled her like if a guard got caught on her but just generally like seeing Hamby with the starting lineup and if you think about like her playing the three eventually or just like you know being like the third big playing a ton of minutes like it, it is also just kind of strange to watch because like if somebody switches that and Vegas really like tries to force that in I just don't like I don't know. I don't think that's like really gonna be like that fruitful for them. Cause then, like you watch play out, it's like okay, they're going inside to Hamby, and then Liz Cambage is spotting up, and like Liz is an awesome passer and facilitator. But then it's just once the ball gets in, it's just you know like it's you know Hamby definitely can like beat some people up, beat some people up inside. But you know if a double is gonna come or like just against like most fours, like you know a couple times she tried to go at Candace, and like I don't think she's gonna score if yeah. she goes at Candace Parker one on one in the post. Yeah. Yeah, we, we saw that a few times tonight. And, I mean, she had an, a more accelerated role here tonight than, than probably they want her to have, you know, when the team is actually healthy and when Cambage isn't in foul trouble. And, you know, you saw that, you know, 5 of 14 shooting. You know, you have 11 points on 16 shooting possessions. Like, that's, that's not going to get it done. Obviously, that's just one game. But, you know, the, the kind of old adage of, super role players being super because they're playing you know in a role player role it, there's some merit to that and I think Hamby is a tremendous tremendous player and, and extremely underrated but being the fourth best player on a team is a lot easier than being the second best player on a team and you know that shows when when a player is the fourth best tries to do some of the things that maybe they shouldn't be doing yeah and i think it is like it is like i think it is kind of just like a make or miss game for her like if a couple of those threes go in it changes things because that's 
that's when it gets interesting if she makes a couple and she's confident standing out there because then she can drive it but yeah if they're gonna try to do the mismatch stuff i just don't think that's you know do it like obviously like when asia gets back like yeah that that's really interesting but seeing that tonight i, don't, I just thought it was interesting especially because like la like famously like didn't want to switch against amanda <laughs> zowie b and just like yeah Oh, all right. You know, keep shooting. All right, go ahead. <laughs> shoot. Yeah. Oh well, she was a nineteen percent shooter or whatever coming into the game on, you know, twenty attempts to date in the season or whatever that was. But I don't know. It, it was. I don't know. That was interesting. But uh, what did you make of? And I don't know what if you got much out of the post game reaction to Alexis Jones also returning and closing the game. Yeah, I, I mean, closing the game was kind of odd, but at at the same time. Like, the way their rotations are going right now, it's either her or Sydney Weiss. Uh, so, you know, it's not like she was closing the game over someone who was clearly more qualified than her. With You know, Raquana Williams is suspended. They haven't yet gone to those three big lineups because they just haven't had all of their bigs healthy. So they're still... You know, only playing their bigs at the four and fives, and as a result, only playing TRP at the three. Uh, and Elena Beard is obviously hurt as well. Um, so it's kind of just you know Alexis Jones or or Sydney Weiss at the two. And, and at that point, I don't I don't have a strong belief in one over the other. Um, Marina Mabry is obviously um, in the doghouse at the moment for whatever reason. Um, but you know, I think Alexis. I think part of it is just that Derek Fisher likes to give people minutes. He likes to keep people active and engaged. He hadn't played since June 23rd. Uh, and I think part of it was just him wanting her to get some run and to be ready if she's called on down the line. Um, but also she's, you know, she's a better defensive player than Weiss. And in those kind of final moments where their offense was starting to stagnate a little bit, uh, the shooting that Weiss provides was maybe not quite as important once they started to kind of just go into two-woman games and, and pick-and-rolls and, and some isolation and whatnot. So I'm sure they're not hoping for her to be starting or to be finishing games down the road, but um, as long as as many people are out as still are, I think they're they're bound to have weird rotations. Yeah, they they didn't go three big at all tonight because without Chene as well it was Vadiva and, and Kalani Brown as the two off the bench but yeah it's if, if they're not going to go three big at all uh, there's de- there's definitely you just you just look ahead like there's going to be one like one slot for a reserve guard to maybe get some minutes in that kind of a role uh, once Connor Williams suspension is up and those are kind of the two names and, and maybe they're kind of being for it and if they just like just like make your shots and like be okay on defense and like I think like whoever that player is like I think that can that can be a really interesting interesting role for them and the way I mean the way everybody else is playing like at the end of the day like it's I don't know like this like this LA team like already just it doesn't look that much different you know you have the spot up shooter and then you have TRP basically replacing Elena Beard like it's not I don't think a lot's all that different like they they yeah. look you know they this group hasn't played much at all all season but like the roll the ball out tonight and like they look just like 
the team of the last couple seasons to me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, only difference for them right now is with all the injuries and, and whatnot is they don't really have that margin for error in just in the sense of if someone's not having a great game, getting to kind of try out a few different people and see what sticks, which isn't always a good thing. I mean, we saw this a lot with them last year uh, where Agler would kind of, you know, sometimes it would work, sometimes it played out horribly where, it, you know, he would give one player kind of an opportunity for a little bit and if they didn't play well, he'd try someone else and would just kind of go down the line trying to find someone who would stick. And as a result, we saw all these games from Raquana Williams last year where it was like, Two points, four points, three points, 20 points. Because it was like, if she made her first two shots, then she was playing. And if she missed her first two shots, then she wasn't. Um, so, you know, for better or for worse, they kind of haven't had that luxury. They've had a lot of games where they're just throwing those players out there and, you know, hoping for the best because they don't, you know, if TRP goes over four from beyond the arc like she did tonight, they don't have the Elena Beard to to put in there and see if she can do any better. Not that she's going to do much better from three-point range, but um, but yeah, I, I mean, the the overall makeup is, is pretty similar right now to, to the last few years, even if I think the talent is better, at least when healthy. So the, the schedule's going to... I think the schedule's... Or I, like, the standings are quickly going to, like... You know, somebody is going to be able to make, like, a quick little jump on somebody here. Like, Vegas, they're about to go to Dallas. Like, they were, like, just, this was a, you know, I just think the nature of this loss, there are just, like, some troublesome elements that have just continued to haunt them. So, going into Dallas, who they just, like, crushed wire to wire, like, you know, that, that game has, like, an eerie feel. Like, Cambage's first game back in Dallas, like... Who knows what can happen there? And then they finish that earthquake game, you, which they're definitely expected to lose starting down 15. Um, and that's that could be three losses in a row. But then LA, they're about to host Seattle. Just what are you, what are you looking for? Maybe something with Seattle? Or do you kind of agree? Or do you feel like that the Sparks are kind of the team that might be ready to jump and kind of start running away with... Uh, with some momentum towards the top two. Yeah, I mean, I think everything is lining up for that to be the case with them getting healthy, uh, especially with how good Candace looked tonight. And you know, I, had, I had worries with how, how poor she looked in some of the games earlier in the season when she came back from her first injury. Um, but assuming that, you know, we kind of have the Candace Parker of old back, uh, I think they are primed to, to make a pretty big run here. Um, getting healthier, getting deeper, uh, a lot more games at home. The schedule gets significantly easier for them. Uh, so I, I could I could see them making making a pretty big run here for for one of those top seeds. Uh, the danger I think for them is is now you have to a not play as the underdog, and that messes teams up sometimes. Now you know. You're not in a kind of a win-win situation that they were before when they were trotting out only eight players with the eighth being someone on a seven-day contract. You know, it's a lot easier to just kind of go for broke then. Uh, it's harder to do that once the expectations start to build and, and you put those expectations on yourself. And then the other thing is they are healthy now in the front court. Um, Chinea is 
only expected to have missed this game. This was just a you know a game time scratch and and shouldn't be an issue for Sunday's game. So presumably they're going to have their five bigs ready on Sunday. Uh, Fisher has already made it clear that he wants he's to gonna play all five of them yeah did he, i mean did he say that in the presser he pretty much did i mean he, he said that vadiva is gonna play on sunday um and he has made it pretty clear that you know kalani brown has earned minutes and that they want to get some for her to to keep her development so they gotta figure out how to balance that out there's no way to balance it out minutes wise if you don't go to a whole heck of a lot of three big lineups um, and maybe those three big lineups work really well. Maybe they work horribly. Um, I don't know, but it's certainly right as they're starting to figure things out, they're going to have a wrench thrown into what they're doing a little bit here. And they're going to have to see how that works. And if they can run with that on the fly, I think they are primed to, to gun for maybe the, the second seed. Um, but I don't think it would be horribly shocking if suddenly we see them trying to play Chinay and Neca and Candace all at once or, or some permutation of three of their five bigs and just not have it work that well, especially trying to figure that out in season. Because they didn't get to practice that preseason either. You know, Candace missed the bulk of training camp. Um so yeah, it could go either way. I I am a little more bullish than bearish. Certainly, uh, I do, I do think that that they're going to put together a pretty strong August here. But if they have some ugly losses here, I don't think that should surprise anyone. This feels this is exactly like last year for the Sparks to me. This mm-hmm. is the exact same thing. Yeah. Right. Beard and Nitnaka missed the time. It's like all right, they're healthy. Here we go. Like finish strong. They didn't. They didn't get a top four, so they had to play two single elimination games. And, like, they all owned it. I think it was Candace who said it first in that pressure in Washington when they lost. Like, we did this to ourselves, even though they had the east-west back east again, too, which obviously plays a big part in it, too. But, it, like, I think it's exactly the same. Like, it's all on them now. Like, they're in a relatively good position to go grab one of those spots where some other teams still aren't especially Phoenix being one of them. I don't know. It, it's just, it's just, it's so strange. Like all, all the talk, like all of us have talked so much about everything's so different, like all these changes. And it's like, I think it's just like almost a carbon copy of like what last season was. Yeah. And, and here's, here's what I will say that has the potential to be the big difference. Maybe won't be, but certainly has the potential to be. Um, things are dramatically different in the locker room than they were last year. Certainly dramatically different than they were this time last year. Um, the the feel is way better. It's far more positive. Um, it feels like a team that is coming coming together around each other, uh, that is ready to make a run. Uh, there was that feeling last year where, at least from the outside looking in, where a collapse of some sort felt a little bit inevitable. Uh, it felt like they were kind of, you know, putting paper mache patches on everything and, and just trying to write it out. Um, so just from that standpoint, from a chemistry standpoint, from a um, 
motivation and momentum and energy standpoint, I think the team is in a much better place than they were last year. Um, but yeah, in terms of the actual what we're seeing on the court, uh, what the record is, the just the overall narrative with with ups and downs and injuries and and trying to get hot at the right time, yeah, it's it, it is a carbon copy. You got any any fun trade proposals? Sparks should consider. I mean, this would probably be like the twelfth most likely team that I'd even like suggest a trade for. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, it, I haven't thought about it much because it would just shock me so so deeply if they did make any trade. But I mean, if you keep getting some decent showings out of Vadiva or Kalani, why not trade from a place of strength and knock your front court rotation from five down to four and see if you can get something good in the process. I don't think much will be available, especially for either of those players. Um, I think if a trade came, it would be in the offseason. I think it's something they should explore in the offseason because, I mean, you got five bigs on a 12-person roster. <laughs> explore some trades. Um, yeah. but, although, although, who knows? Like, Olympic year? Like, who knows what yeah. that's going to look like for Diva, so. Yeah, that is very true. That that does complicate matters. So, um, yeah, I don't have any interesting proposals because I I would just be so completely shocked if they actually did anything. I guess for Vegas, if they could, I mean, I don't, I don't really see a trade, but with their twelfth roster spot, like I don't know if there's if there's anything you could put on this team. It's like obviously like one like a backup four now like. You got a four that can like make threes and defend, which everyone wants. Like that's not they're not just gonna pick that up and like I don't know maybe like they could make room for a guard that can shoot, but I don't know if that player is really out there. I think there's a lot of teams that would pick up a three and D type player if they were just sitting around two. So I yeah. I'll be interested to see if they do anything there and maybe they go the route of Atlanta and just grab a younger player and you can have their rights at least for next year but obviously that wouldn't be something that really affects this season but you got anything else on this game or this this matchup no not much other than i mean these are the teams that are are slated to play each other four times instead of the three that that they play everyone else so uh it'll be interesting to see that fourth matchup which i believe is at the very end of august um Hopefully everyone's healthy because we haven't had a fully healthy matchup in the first three. I mean, yep. Liz and and Parker missed the first game, and then Asia obviously missed. Asia and Chene missed tonight, and Neca missed the second game. Um, so hopefully we get we get two full squads going at each other in in the final game. Um, but it'll be interesting because that's will likely be a critical game in the standings for both teams. Um, they're they're both kind of want to win that game. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. That's in Vegas. Yeah, it have to be yeah. Yeah. All right, so that'll be fun. It's not your turn. Your turn to your turn to drive. <laughs> My turn to make the desert trek. Come on up. But yeah, that'll wrap it up. Go read. Uh, Brady recently had a piece on the Ringer on the uh, the four the four current Lady Vols that played for Pat Summit. So be sure to go read that. Obviously, Candace Parker being one of them. But any other any other stuff you can tease? What else is what else you got in the what works? What else have I got? Um, 
Not much, to be honest. Um, game stories. I'll be closing out the year with some, some Hoop Feed gamers and some Los Angeles Times gamers. Um, hopefully I'll have another feature here at some point before the season ends, but um, nothing nothing imminent. So, You doing one on Sparky? <laughs> you got to pay me a lot of money to do that. I like the, uh, I like the, was it a scooter he was riding around yeah. during the breaks? Something like that. We were, I was trying, trying to figure that out. It was parked in the media room, and it was, like, kind of a scooter, but, like, like halfway between a scooter and a bike, but without pedals. It's kind of weird. It's well, weird I was, I was cracking up the last time out because, I don't, know if, well, I don't know if it was the very last one, but towards the end, I think, like, LA, I think, was, like, up eight, or up six or eight at that point, and Vegas, like, broke their huddle, like, super early, so... The five players in are circled up, standing there with like, you know, everybody like the dance squad and like the DJ and everybody's like running around and Sparky's riding and like you just see like, like the game was you could tell it was basically in hand at that point so like you could just see like a couple of the Vegas players are just like staring at and like Sparky's like zooming by them at like fifteen miles an hour on this thing. I thought that was funny, but you never know what you'll see at a WNBA game. That's for sure. Alrighty, that'll do it for tonight. Brady, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Always a pleasure.